ready? Theme song, y'all. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. We're a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week, every other week right now, but usually every week. And if you could listen to past episodes every day, um, <laughs> we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, or sometimes you pick a topic, and we pick tracks, and sometimes you pick tracks. Um, I would want to first start off the show by saying um, thank you for listening. Thank you for sitting through an advertisement if you did. If you would like to listen to this show ad-free, Go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels where all of our episodes are there ad free. At least the new ones right now. I'm, I'm kind of uploading the old ones as it goes. If you And also you can go to YouTube. That's fine too. <laughs> there's no ads on there's no, I don't think there's any ads on YouTube. I'm not, I'm not monetizing that. But yeah, hopefully the ads are okay. We're still doing them for now. Um, but until then, I see Pernell's got a deck of cards. Oh no, garbage bill keys, man. A deck of it's, cards. Tis, hey, hey, these are, these are more than Decks of cards. We're, we're These playing. are disgustingly wonderful. We can either play spades cards. or we can play uh, lighter than Aaron. Yeah, garbage pill kid. So this is the uh, the um go the garbage pill kid goes on vacation. Set. Grunting Gaston. That's disgusting. You can have that one. A lot of them are disgusting. <laughs> That's why they're garbage pill kids. Which is funny though because this is officially the last set where they can be as gross as they are why? because apparently. I'm not sure if it was Tops got bought by somebody or Tops got merged with somebody. Yeah. But as a result, they said, and this is going to sound hilarious for this, but that's what guards are because, like, no more blood related jokes, no more poop related jokes, and I think I even heard no more snot related okay, jokes. Okay, that's like 80% of their cards. I, I agree. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> where they're going to go from here. <laughs> it's going to get real weird without all those kinds of jokes. I mean, they can still work with some stuff. Like, this, for example. A barfing slot machine. Okay, it's that's a grandmother. A, that's pretty good. It's a barf is not barf barf vomit was not included in that list. Maybe I just missed it and barf is, and it I just didn't be, say it. Be. Rowdy Renee, that's not so bad. Yeah, see, they get they get cool. Although there is um, the birth of man drawn up behind them with garbage pail kids and one of and and God who is you know giving birth to man has boogers all over him. Oh yeah, it's a garbage pail kid. Palace Preston. That's see, like I don't know. I, I kind of see what you mean. They're if they're not poop, vomit, or snot related, they're not very fun, are they? But not, not all the time. There are a lot of good <laughs> ones that use none of the above, none of the above. But admittedly, some of the best ones do have those things. But I, I mean, it's amazing to me that I've been collecting garbage pail kids since I was five years old, and I am now in my forties, and I'm still doing it. It's. I have a lot of cards. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what it means. I've sold some for a good chunk of change, too. But for the most part, I just like collecting these cards. They make me feel good. They make me feel, I don't want to say young, because nothing makes you really feel young, sort of like, short of like, you know, I don't know, running a marathon or something. But then I'm exhausted. That just but, makes you feel pain. And lots I, of pain. I know. Youth is pain. That makes um, me feel pain. But it just, it just makes me feel good to be a almost takes me back to a time where I was carefree, just cracking packs and be like, oh, wow, that guy's got stock coming out of his Me and my friends sitting outside cracking packs. Yeah. It's kind of like how some people feel about video games in that regard, too. It's like you can go through a stressful day, week, month, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then you go home. It's like, oh, this new game came out. You unwrap it and you put it in the system. It's like for that, whatever period of time you allow yourself to have, you're just kind of absorbed in that product and that world yeah. and that game's that world's problems. And regardless. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> regardless of what the game is. Because back in the day, it's like, okay, I rented it. 
It's terrible, but that's my weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing that I'm game. I'm going to play it. I'm playing Total Recall for the NES. I'm sorry you had to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to engage that. Because I will admit, deep down, Not I all can't of us had perfect childhoods pronounced. Hey, some I, of us had Total Recall for the NES. I think I just got lucky. More <laughs> often than not, I ended up um, renting games that weren't bad. Like, you probably you subscribed to Nintendo Power. Or it's true. I did not. Oh, there it is. That's <laughs> a problem. Yeah, I at least had the I had the experts at Nintendo Power curating a list of uh, would-be rentals. Yeah. So I knew to go look for Secret of Mana yeah, at I, Blockbuster Video. I had a secondhand NES and games I could borrow and rent. So like that's that's that was our budget. The budget was nothing. <laughs> so hey, I understand that too. Hand me downs and second hand was the way of the world back then. Well, back then also we tried to complete a lot of games. Although a lot of these games probably weren't meant to be completed right away because of rentals. But that is what we're talking about today. Today is our February challenge, which is our four games in February. Mm-hmm. Can you complete four games in February, as at least? And regardless of the game or, or how far along you were into it. In my case, thank God, because <laughs> I was going to ask. I would have never made it. Uh, but yeah, four games in February. We asked our listeners, asked our Patreon members. Hey, we even asked ourselves. And we asked ourselves. We did some deep soul, soul, soul searching. And the thing that disturbed me the most hmm. about this entire engagement is that I think you pulled it off. I did. Which is unprecedented. Uh, yeah. This free. this is the busiest you've ever and been in your life. I did five. I did five <laughs> games. Five games. It's not going to happen anymore now that, now that little man's squirming and, and crying and stuff. But like Aww. for a while, he was just like a little nugget that was like, let me sleep. And I'm like, let me game. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> let me sleep. Your wish is my command, yeah. sir. <laughs> On it. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, um, this is also a Patreon exclusive episode for, I mean, it's recorded for Patreon Live. So we are uh, live today. If you want to be part of these live podcasts, you can join. If not, don't worry about it. It's going to be on the on the free free feed. Have fun. But, you know, if you want to see all the garbage pill kids cards that Purnell has out on the table and all that, we can do that too. I only have four packs left and I can go buy and spend another 20 bucks to get 10 more. Man, you did that so fast. Because I'm, I already know what I'm looking for now. Oh, you know what you're... Oh, okay. So, you're, so oh, they're, numbered, they're numbered, right? There's 100A and 100B cards, okay. and I've already opened a lot of packs, and I'm trying to resolve the finality of the base set of cards. After that, I don't care anymore. What do you and do with the extras? I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm starting giving them away here. Merry Christmas to friends. Like, blah, do you blah, have like blah. a box of extras? So here's a cool one. Look at that. Why Kiki? Okay, it's a, it's a kid made out of. It's one of those like things where you put it on the car dashboard and it wooden. bounces around. Oh, okay, yeah, that was hard to understand. You didn't see the spring in her torso? Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, it's a spring. Stone faced Stella. He's from Easter Island. Yeah, see, yeah, Easter Island head. Yeah, see, there's Look. no boogers in that. <laughs> not a not a booger in sight. Oh my gosh, it could be. There, back, that is true. There yeah. could be some secret snot. That's actually um, a color variation. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it is snot green. That's a problem with that card. <laughs> um, all right, so um, we asked uh, our listeners to also su- uh, bring in uh, topic suggestions, and with it, you know, some uh, testimonials, if they would, um, if, they, if they wouldn't mind, about the games they completed or about the songs they selected for us to play. And the whole show will be just that. Um, and I'm going to uh, swing it over to Purnell. Oh, I'm I'm the kickoff I'm artist. Start off on Purnell's corner. All right, that's a good that's a good show. <laughs> this week on Purnell Corner, we talk about a young lad who's suffering from game ADHD. How do I play through one game in one sitting? The answer is I can't help you. In, You're in, someone who in can. In one sitting? Yeah, as in I can't. I mean, you could. I mean, most of my four in February games were pretty much that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 
that was the sad reality for me in four in February this year. I could not. I so we agreed as a collective. Many of us were like, we're going to play through Hollow Knight. We're going to knock Hollow Knight out for the first time ever. And I was excited. I jumped on board, ready to go. And then I realized that game is really long. <laughs> Probably the. I mean, someone can contest this if I'm wrong, but it may well be the longest Metroidvania game ever made. I am of the belief that is the truth. It's a long one. It is really long. So long boy. About halfway into the month, I had to pivot. I had to pivot. I was like, look, I'm going to keep playing the game, but it can't be four in February because I'm not going to finish this game. So I ended up beating games that were unexpected with the exception of one that was on the list. So like, I'll just name them, and then we'll go into the tracks proper. Yeah, sure. I had a desire to replay the Goonies 2 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So my friend and I played through it on a Saturday night, and it was pretty cool because I was able to remember a lot of stuff that I'd remember from a kid, childhood, and even that tip from the Nintendo Power Line that I got about where the diving suit was, I still remember that. But I could not find one Goonie, and it was driving me nuts, and in typical fashion, I did not want to look up help. I was like, I'm going to find this jerk, I can read the map, I'll figure it out. But then Francis got tired, he Googled it, and I was in a specific room that I believed they'd get to be in. But couldn't find them, and I left. And he's like, "Pro, go back, go, go back to the room." I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I'm not going to do. I'm not doing this. I'm not go doing this with you, Pro. <laughs> go back to the room." So I opened the door, and he was like, "It's in this room." And I'm like, "Looking, it's like, how do you figure what? Oh crap!" And it was all yeah. about the way they orient the character when you walk in the door. Like the Nintendo had a really dumb way on that game of the orienting your character upon entering the rooms you go into. Yeah, I assumed that you were always facing up coming in from the bottom because that's the orientation of oh, you. Oh, but you had to go down. In this case, you come in from the top and you have to exit from the bottom. And I didn't realize that. And that was why I kept screwing it up because I kept exiting from the way I came in and didn't know it. It was such bull spit. So I was like, <laughs> so there, that was the thing that was... That or, was or it was a fun puzzle for you to solve. That ain't no damn right? puzzle. That was <laughs> junk. Um, but then after that, we started playing Gargoyle's Quest 2, which I had never played before. I got about halfway through it then stopped and went home, beat Gargoyle's Quest 1 at work on multiple lunch breaks, then decided to boot up Gargoyle's Quest 2 using the password we kept, and I beat that game as well. And then I beat one more game, and I'm already forgetting what the heck it was. Oh, Nescape. Nescape. Oh, Nescape. Yeah, we talked about that on the last show. Yes. Yeah. So that was a total of four games that I barely managed to get through. <laughs> but at the same time, I also just started playing, including Hollow Knight, games that are just stupidly long that I like. Yeah. Like Labyrinth of Refrain I got back into again, and Labyrinth of Galleria, the sequel to that game. All those, all those Labyrinth games. Oh, yeah. I so, love all the Labyrinth. Yeah. All the David Bowie. Power of the Voodoo. Who do <laughs> you do? I do. Um, yeah, so I finished unpacking because I was on the last stage already. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that game is so short anyway, and that was fun. And then I finished Tunic. I was towards the end of that, but I wanted to solve all of the final puzzles. Mm -hmm. So I did that. No, I didn't do the bad ending, though. I didn't do the final um, fight sequence. If anything, I thought you did the real testament to it. You did the actual final puzzles. Yeah, I, I went back and read about the game because there's a lot. I didn't want to translate all the pages, so I went and just kind of read through all that stuff and... It was. It's a great idea for them to allow the the, the players to kind of decide how they want to finish the game because mm -hmm. the game is all action and puzzling combat up until that point. Mm -hmm. To to stall out the game just to do puzzles, it felt a little like kind of disjointed. Mm -hmm. But it's what I wanted from the start. Okay, so I finished that, and then I finished the the last campfire, which was just long. It was not. 
challenging. It was fun, but it was there was like zero challenge. It was but, more about the experience than the actual difficulty. Yeah, yeah, and it was okay. Like I could have been so much better. Um, so I finished that, <laughs> and then I finished Vampire Survivors, which I've been playing for a little while, but um, I got to the last boss on that, and then yesterday I finished all of the unlocks. So it's a hundred. It's not a hundred percent done, but it is like ninety nine point nine percent like everything completed. Wait, a, a what game now? Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors. Okay, I was, was, was for a second. My brain, because because Kristen, because Game Fan mentioned unpacking, so I was like, my brain conflated <laughs> unpacking with vampires. Like, right. wait, there's un, there's secrets in unpacking. Yeah, so there's there's unlocks in Vampire Survivors. There's 145 of them, so I did them all. But when in doing so, there's a secret menu, which has like like ten or nine, nine no, ten or twelve like different secret like phrases that kind of lead you to different places on all the maps to find more characters. Oh, cool! So you can go and find them. And there's also another secret menu which allows you to input codes mm-hmm. to do stuff that just bypasses that things. game. I gotta say, I mean, Vampire Survivors. I said it on on the Hey Poor Player for wrap up, and I think I've said it once on this show here, but just in case. That game is a testament to content availability. Yeah, it's you just pay all nothing to get it, and there's probably more in that game than a lot of active, full-on releases it's we amazing. got last year. So yeah, I finished that one, and then um, oh, then I played through Res because I was up late with the baby, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just play this one. I was on stage two, and I just just blew through the rest of the game. So I played it so many times as a kid, so um, that was fun. And then I downloaded Wipeout Omega Collection. <laughs> um, and that is hard. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That, that is not what I remember that game being, which was already hard to begin with. It is rough. Yeah, right. Wipe, I've never been good at Wipeout. It is rough. Like, I can do the time trials and, like, just the race race, but when it adds the weapons, I can't get out of eighth place. The whole race. I'm just stuck in the back of the pack. Mm-hmm. Can't even catch up. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Getting shot. It is awful. I'm like I'm not even getting shot. I can't catch up to them. <laughs> I love how you said when they add the weapons, I can't catch yeah. up, but I'm not getting shot. I'm yeah, just they, losing. They, they add the weapons and all I'll, I can see them up ahead shooting each other and I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> I'm behind you. They added the uh, weapons, which made it harder, yeah. but the weapons aren't the reason why. That you're was losing. on sale. And also on sale was uh, uh, Paradise Killers. I downloaded Paradise Killer and I started that today. Okay. And I don't know if I'm gonna get into that one. Which is a shame. It's it's a lot of new strange information all at once. And I'm like, I'm out. Lady Lovelace or whatever her name is. Lady Kill It All. La- La- Lady Love Dies. Lady Love Dies. Because when, when Lady Love Dies, only the truth remains. That's an interesting statement. Which there. is great. Yeah, I know. It's a cool idea. It's got an amazing aesthetic. But like, I don't care about the murder. It's crazy. It's like, how am I, why, am I, why am I investigating a murder I don't care about? That's what so, I'm wondering about, too, because uh, I was talking to Christy upstairs about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I might get back into it. It's also first-person like exploration, uh-huh. which is not my thing. I didn't realize that. So um, I don't know how far I'm going to get into that one. Um, but there's still season. We have to finish season. And there's a few others I want to download. So Hollow Knight looks like a lot of fun. I might do that one later. Hey, join us. Join <laughs> us in the Foreverdom. Just know that you'll get it's lost bliss. a lot. <laughs> it's bliss. So that's why. So I finished five games in February, which is pretty uh, remarkable. That means you actually finished more games yeah. in February I, than I, I me. I finished five games and exercised zero times. Okay, I feel a little better there because that's, that's, the, that's where the swap happened. Because, yeah, usually I'm playing just DDR and running. Now I'm not doing any of that. So And, and whereas you're usually out-exercising me and I'm playing more games, that's the switch around, yeah, too. It's a big switch. Um, but let's get into some picks. So we have we have a lot of... Snot di- picks? Um, nose picks is what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, no, we're talking about track picks. Track picks that came from our listeners' noses, for now. Oh. Um, <laughs> we got some real slimy ones and some, uh, some, some crusty ones. 
<laughs> um, from a lot of different uh, listeners. I'm really excited that we got so much feedback. So, um, Pernell, why don't you start with our first? All right, so the first pick I have comes from our listener and friend, Gritty Game Fan 44. See that gig? See that garbage bill kid represents like there? That. I like boom, that. Boom, boom. I, uh, I, know, I know that she'll appreciate that as well. <laughs> Game Fan 44 submits a track from the game Kirby in the Forgotten Land called Ready to Go, composed by Yuta Ogasawara. 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 Welcome back. You're listening to Ready to Go from the game Kirby and the Forgotten Land on the Nintendo Switch, composed by Yuta Ogasawara, <laughs> composed by that person, and submitted by Gritty Game Fan 44. Um, and this is what she had to say about this track. The songs I'm recommending, I'm going to say the whole thing there, yeah, but the yeah. songs I'm recommending is Where Are You and Escape from Thomas Was Alone by David Housden and Ready to Go and Mast and Wild DDD from Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I barely finished the four in February. Work got really busy this month, and I was not able to finish three of the games I was planning to commit to. The game I the game I beat were Thomas Was Alone, a short pro platformer that gives hope, Theatrhythm, Final Bar Line, one of the few rhythm series that I like to play when I want to just play something, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. This game is so cute, and it may be the second Kirby game I've ever beaten, and Pokemon Silver. I have beaten gold before, but the battery has died, so it was time to start anew. My honorable mentions of the games I wanted to beat but didn't were Fire Emblem Fates Birthright, where I got to Chapter 18, Final Fantasy IV, where I got to the Land of Summons, oh, you were so close, and Ace Attorney, which I'm on Episode 4. All of those are freaking good. She says, congrats to everyone who participated. Yes. And I am like hearing the, the games that she didn't get through, and I'm like, oh, I hope you go back to those. Because Birthright, <laughs> I have no excuse. I'm in the same bubble as you, except I stopped like Chapter 8. Final Fantasy 4 is one of my fi- my favorite Final Fantasy games, so I'm always down for people going through that. Um, Ace Attorney is the game that got me into adventure games entirely, so mm. I'm always down for people playing through that. Uh, but yes, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And Kirby and the Forgotten Land is one I need to get back to as well because I do think the game is wonderful. She says this is the title track, and the track that stands up to me the most was not the title track, but it's like a track that plays where it's got vocals 
and like Kirby eats a car and he's like driving <laughs> into like the horizon. It's like this very it's happy. Like, it's like an intro, not like not like open, not like a title track, but like like an intro kind of song. Is that what that is? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually this theme with vocals or something. Uh, and I'm just not remembering properly, but I just remember like being really happy, like wow, there's a Kirby theme with vocals, <laughs> and he's like again, he's like he eats a car, he eats but a he car. doesn't quite digest it, so his eyes are like blinking in front of it. <laughs> that, that that boy, that boy, my little boy, he eats so many things. He could not get through a car is interesting to me. That's part of what I felt funny about the entirety of that game's gimmick because the gimmick is that he eats things. It's called mouthful mode because his body kind of enwraps the object. <laughs> Mouth- mouthful. Mouthful. He yeah. doesn't swallow. He just enwraps it Love and takes it. on properties of the object. But it's like Kirby can eat an entire galaxy. Triple Deluxe, I'm pretty sure he just like eats the entire mat and spits <laughs> it up if he wants to. And Delicious. yet in this game, he can't swallow a vending machine. So it's interesting to me. A game fan, uh, she clarifies, this is on the first level. This is the first level music. Okay. It does have like a stepping out into the world kind of feel to it. It's ready to go. Like the intro to Perfect Strangers. There it is. (laughs) I'm wrong with that. I'm wrong with that. Which if you are a member of Patreon, we're on the live stream. You got a little taste of me and Purnell. Riffing on the first Yeah. All right. um, Our next track is coming from our listener, Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium podcast. Um, Rage Cage brought to us the track Monologue from uh, No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again, composed by Katsuhiro Abo. Back. We're listening to the monologue from Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes uh, by Katsuhiro Abo. This was picked by Rage Cage. And Rage Cage would like to say, Howdy, fellas. I write back to you. Well, this was a blast getting to be a part of this communal fun times, both for FF and, oh, for in February. And having this switch has made it so fun. I don't know, what's for FF? For in February. For FF, though. For four February. Uh, for four February. Uh-huh. Okay, that makes more sense now. <laughs> for IF. And having the Switch has made it so fun to get back into gaming proper. Now, the four I beat are Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, Yume Nikki Dream Diary, 
Travic Strikes Again, No More Heroes, and Decap Attack. Ooh, classic. Now, it's probably obvious what my submission is going to be from. Yep, you guessed it. No More Heroes. I know what you're thinking. Another No More Heroes track. Nope. That's two boats in a row. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> lug. Oh, that's right. But I can't help it. I am deeply enthralled by the Garden of Madness. I'm probably halfway, I'm ha- probably halfway, if not almost through No More Heroes 3. Now, the track I bring you is from the game within a game called Monologue from Travis Strikes Back. With uh, New More Heroes was a visual and auditory kick to the face, but to cool down from the main game, there was TSB, Travis Strikes Back, in which it is all green monochrome visual novel type scenarios showing how Travis gets the death balls to continue the maddening journey. I actually really enjoyed these sections, despite just being uh, still portraits and scenes, and the delightful 8-bit music enhances the retro computer experience. And this one is another variation on the main No More Heroes theme, which I have truly grown to love and hum slash beatbox to myself on the daily. I may have to do an episode dedicated to all the different versions. Ah, yes, it was a blast to have you on, Purnell. And you're next, Rob. Get to thinking of what you want to bring to the shop, but you take your time, you DDR daddy. Sorry for the... For the wall of text, take care, guys. That's no problem. That wasn't a wall of text. Oh, he's a wonderful guy. Oh, he can send a, all the walls of text. A handful of paragraphs. That's that's nice. Now here's the question, though. He was that because he put you on the spot, and I'm going what, to continue what the am I going to bring to the shop? Yeah, what are you bringing to his shop? Oh, it's going to be something silly, man. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be Mega Man boss themes. <laughs> 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 I like that you build up. It's going to be wild and crazy. It's going to be traditional. Kids are going to know not, nothing about it. It's going to be <laughs> World 1-1 one, one from every Mario game. <laughs> it's going to be wacky. It's going to be Tetris. Yeah, come bring that energy, though. Uh, You'll love that. No, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I'll, I'll find something interesting. I, I like to pick like a... I like to de- I like to take a deep dive into franchises that I maybe not know entirely of, like all of, which is why a lot of our bonus beats episodes were like all of Bomberman or all of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I know those games, I know a lot of those games, but I don't know them all. Mm-hmm. And I and a lot of them I haven't played in ages. So it's fun to like go back and kind of listen to like how the music progressed through the history of those games. Maybe that could be what you do. You could yeah. have like an anthologies episode where you just kind of go through like two franchises together yeah. and you just grab music from all of them. Yeah, but I want them to be I want the I want the the music to be or the franchises to be something that maybe I haven't I don't know all of. Like maybe like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? You know something like that. Well, she's over there. There's a lot of like where in the universe is Carmen San Diego? Where in my bedroom is Carmen San Diego? Where is right the San Diego? Where in San Diego is Carmen San Diego? Also over there. Also behind me. Behind me. Behind you. You're screwed. Carmen San Diego was calling from within the house. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been that. That should have been the natural sequel. Carmen San Diego knows what you did last summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you lay it on the table, Carmen San Diego. I mean, she does. She does great as a thief, but just like they did that ridiculous Wayne the Pooh reboot, <laughs> they could have easily made like a weird Carmen San Diego is actually like a. I don't know, schizophrenic serial killer. Or something. Oh yeah, I was saying like they made a Carmen San Diego reboot, like animated show that was really good. I used to love that cartoon on, on Netflix. It was actually- oh wait, wait, you're not talking about the cartoon from the '90s? No, they made a new one on Netflix. Really? Yeah, like like a few years ago. It wasn't that bad. So, no. I didn't watch all of it. It was mainly for kids, so it was like okay, but still, it was pretty good. Hey, the one from the '90s was for kids, and I'd watch that today, especially if they concluded it. Um, <laughs> like par- like Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah, and that also <laughs> needed to be concluded. Ending. Yeah, yeah. Give it an ending, please. There was there was one I used to watch. It was called the something in the Lost City of Gold. You know what I'm talking about? That was that anime show that got ported back in the mid '80s. Oh, uh, yeah. I, for some reason, I I look back on that, but like this. 
I don't remember if that show actually existed or if this was like some kind of like Berenstein Bears situation where it was like implanted in my brain. Um, but no, Berenstein. I, I remember watching it religiously and like it ne- never really had an ending or we never really got the ending. But if it was an anime, maybe like it just went on forever and they just stopped localizing it. Yeah, which is unfortunate. When somebody's probably if it was a stop localization, I think that's what happened to the Noozles too. The Noozles was a thing. Yeah, that was Japanese. I didn't know that. That was anime. Noozles. The Noozles. Koala Walla Land. Yeah. All that good ah, stuff. Wow, man. That's just unlocked some like memories in my brain right now. That was anime. So was David the Gnome. That was anime. Oh, are you sure? Positive. So we have a ton of David the Gnome on uh, Justin from XVGM. His Plex server has a ton of David the Gnome. And I'm like, wow, that is an old school stuff. It didn't, doesn't seem like it would be. You really think a U.S. cartoon in that era would have an ending as like, kind of somber as David the Gnomes? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, we had a, we had a, um, um, a dinosaurs have that kind of ending. Dinosaurs? Oh, that wasn't a cartoon though. That was a Jim Henson joint. Yeah, and it was a, and it was a prime time show. Prime time family show. Hey, and the kids didn't yeah. get it. So that's how that works. <laughs> oh wow, it's snowing. That's cool. Is right. it? Is it cool? Is it really cool? All right, we're on to your uh, your next. Wait, right, before that, before that, we got one last thing. During the oh, two things. Eb mentioned that apparently that track was called Travis and the Gene by Jun Fukuda. So we'll have to check into that a little bit later. Oh yeah, I might have written down the wrong one. Um, so apologies if that's the case. No Apo- apologies to everyone who worked on No More Heroes who's listening to the show right now. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them. And then the next thing was like, on the break, I actually asked an interesting question because I was curious. So obviously, I have a weird Garbage Show Kid theming for this episode, a personal theming. So I asked what other weird collectibles listeners have been keeping, you know, just that they might consider weird or different. And uh, we had a couple good responses. Musashi219 mentioned that he collects those vinyl dumpster fire toys to him, like toys, which I'm not sure if you've seen them, but there's these little adorable, like, blue dumpsters with, like, an acrylic flame sticking out the side. I've never seen these things. And a little smiley face on it. So, like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. It's based off of the dumpster fire meme where people's like, oh, it's like, remember that meme where there's, a, there's a, like a raging water and there's a dumpster floating through it and it's on fire? Yeah, yeah. We have, um, we have a, uh, Christmas tree ornament that's like 2020 and 2021 is like dumpster fire inside a dumpster fire. Okay, yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. it's like someone took that theming, but they made it adorable, and it's got like a little cute smiley face oh, on it. Cute, yeah. And then they started making a bunch of variations like the KFC dumpster fire, mm. and then just like just weird <laughs> different dumpster fire kids. Okay. Um. So then we got that. Um. Game fan mentioned that her sister collected rubber duckies for a while. Those things got. Nuts! Like there's wow. so many rubber ducky toys, and then there's that whole you know programmer thing that programmers like to do the rubber ducky method, where you need to brainstorm something. And you the, never heard of this? You never heard of this? Yeah. So like the, the thing rubber that, ducky method. Yeah, it's it's corny, but what it was is like so if a, if you're trying to brainstorm how to resolve a problem like in your code or whatever, yeah. the way you help yourself get through is you pull a little rubber ducky on your desk, yeah, and you talk to the rubber ducky. Like, you brainstorm with the duck. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, but it works. Like, you basically are just like you're talking to something. Like, you're conveying your thoughts to a, a totem, and that totem is a rubber ducky. And that helps you resolve what code issues you've written up or you've okay. come across. I, I kind of see that, like having like a, like a puppet. Yeah, it, do, it does the trick. You tell your problems, too. Martyrus collect has a small collection of dice, which I can definitely get behind. I just bought a 100-sided okay. die today, actually. Hmm. Um... Um, Jess has she has he mentioned two things. 
I have lots of records, about 545s for the jukebox and boxes of LPs. You get along with that. Yeah, I have a, I have a quite a big record collection. I've, I've really pared it down once I moved everything into the new studio because I had I had so many that I was just hanging on to that I never touched that I don't care about. Like bar, like my grandfather's old barbershop record collection. I'm mm. like, I think it's okay to get rid of those. I'm glad you said that because the next thing she said here, she goes, I only get ones I'll listen to yeah. or play. So go. I yeah, may yeah. not be a true collector. <laughs> and I say BS to that. I say this all the time. Yeah. I see no value in collecting something you don't actually care about. Yeah, like, that, and I'm not that, knocking that, people that like do that, it. That's compulsion. Like, that's, that that becomes like a compulsive. Yes. Thing where it's like, oh, if it's a record, I bought it. Like, you know, I know people yeah. who like collected like the entirety of the NES library. I'm like, okay, that's well and good, but why how did, many of those games do you not want? Yeah. Like, why, why do you have the Sesame Street game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about this crap. Like, get it out of my house. Yeah, yeah. Only collect stuff you want to use, even if you never get around to it. Mm. The fact that you could be like, if I had some free time, I would play that. Like, that's enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I pared all my stuff down to like stuff I just I would want to listen to, or my wife would want to listen to, or stuff that I'm like, actively like mixing or playing with. So yeah. yeah, like so I have all my I kept all my classical records, but like most of my records now are just like drum and bass and hip hop. Like that's just all I've got. And that's that's all yeah, I need to I be. Wanted, yeah. And then the last thing she mentioned, she said, uh, mm. I have rolls and rolls of 35 millimeter film. That's pretty cool. Oh, neat. Lots of unique and experimental films. The butter spot in the fridge is just film. That is ball. <laughs> I do plan to use the ball, but it's too cold for me to go outside right now. Don't blame me there, though. Apparently, <laughs> it is getting warmer. It's like a shockingly warm well, day Well, for us, here. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just love... Oh, it snowed the other day. Yeah, the only snow we got all season. Yeah, I don't think we're getting any more snow, Mm-mm. Um, which is a little sad. Meanwhile, right. Los Angeles is getting blizzard warnings. Yeah, who knows? Who knew that would happen this year? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> all right, so why don't you uh, why don't you go on your next track there for now? Okay, let's do that then. Let me see if I can scroll down here and not overtype something. So I think I just put like Wawa into the ch- into our text for some stupid reason by mistake. <laughs> that happens. Um, so the next track I'm going to submit actually came from. Actually came from Jess, uh, a track that I did not expect to be in the game she chose, which is probably why I picked this. This is called Safety Videos from the Game of the Quarry, composed by Ian Livingston. Welcome back. You're listening to Safety Videos from the game The Quarry, composed by Ian Livingston. And this was submitted by listener Jess. Um, So I don't... I need to play this game now, because I want to know where the heck this... She might even mention it in her testimonial, which I'll find out, but I have... I'm very curious. But anyway, I have the game sitting on my kitchen table, or sorry, my my living room table. It's just a matter of popping it in. And giving it the treatment I gave the devil in me, which will be an entire day of playing through it in sequence. And but <laughs> the devil in you. The devil in me was me playing a game for 10 hours straight. Uh, 
But this is Jess's pick, and let's see what she had to say. I don't know. Maybe her name would be Jamming Jamming Jess or Juicy Jess. Let's not go with that one. Are you well, trying to go with the garbage well, pill? Garbage, well, garbage pill kids. Have, there's like a garbage pill cover. It's like yeah, an yeah. orange. The top, top, kid, the top of the kid's no, head is an orange. Ju- you put it in a juice. No, 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 no. Jessica Jam. And she puts, you put her in a jar. There it is, too. That's yeah. a good one, too. <laughs> Jamming Jess. Um, okay, here we go. The description. I love this garbage pill kid thing. Um... I don't think I'd be able to. I didn't think I'd be able to complete four games in February. But instead of working on projects, I just play games all month. But that's okay. I was running pretty low on creative juice, and it was bam, juice and Jess. She <laughs> said it right there. Um, I finally finished Metal Gear Five, which I started on December twenty-six, and it's great. I then moved on to Phantasmagoria Two, which oh. is not so great. It's a big step in the wrong direction from the first one in both story and gameplay. I joined the others in playing Hollow Knight, which I had started and abandoned a long time ago. I enjoyed it, but wouldn't put it on a list of my favorite games. I wrapped the four in February up with the quarry, which I really enjoyed after the first few chapters of teen drama had passed and the scary stuff started going full swing. The fuck is how this was a lot of those games these days. I'll definitely play through this one again sometime and see if I can get through with a few more characters surviving to the end. I put one track from each game below, take your pick, and I'll most likely be on the live stream on Sunday. And she is, so that's awesome. But like, yeah, I feel like I get that vibe too from a lot of those games. The ones I've played, I find myself really not vibing with any of the actual characters that are survivors. Mm. And then either A, I'll get into the scary stuff like she mentioned, and I'm like, okay, they're starting to warm up to me because, you know, when they're put in dire situations, their true colors start to show, you know, and I can respect that. Mm-hmm. Or the alternative where they stay terrible people. I'm like, well, I don't even care if they're dead unless it's for an achievement, so whatever. <laughs> get out of here. That's what happened with, like, the devil in me. Like, you're playing through it, and it started out being like, these people all suck. They're all self-centered and immoral. Who cares about any of them? And then... You know, as they're starting to, in their little, their personal bubbles and they're under duress, you start to have them in a situation where they start to come out with their true feelings. Like, this is why they're like this. They're like, all their regrets and their things they want to do if they get out of their lives. Like, okay, I get it. They were just being typical, pretentious people, putting up a wall for the world around them. And now that they're in a situation where they might not get another chance to be themselves, they're like, look, this is how I truly feel. I hope we can survive this and get over our stupid human BS that we've been dealing with the right, last right, four right. years. So that I'm hoping happens in the quarry by the end. And I guess I'll find out myself. But the devil in me, I kind of got that and I was happy about it. Um, but I'm always down for if anybody's playing like games like this where you kind of go through like these narrative experiences and you can talk about them kind of like a movie when it's done. Yeah, when Detroit was done, I had a lot of dialogue about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't that fun, though? It's like you're like, yeah. oh, I want to talk to somebody about well, this. Because off, off everyone's coming away with it with different things. When everyone watches a movie, it's possible everyone comes away with different experiences from the movie. But when it's a, it's a game... It's interactive. Everyone usually does. Mm-hmm. You know what? How do they play it? How do they? How did the, the the situations resolve? And then what? How did how, how they respond to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotionally. And I do just have to see how in a game that's about like you know horror and a serial killer coming after a bunch of characters. Mm-hmm. I need to see how this track factors in. I d- I need to see it. Safety video. It's probably like something in the background, or you're watching like a safety video on like how to take care. It's like it's probably a safety video, and like it's a, it's a chainsaw safety video, and then like you know all of a sudden the guy comes out with a chainsaw, which in itself would be pretty humorously mm. meta. Like, why is this playing in the background? I remember, <laughs> oh no, we're here. Vroom, vroom, like, oh crap! <laughs> Start <laughs> running. Get out of here. That would be pretty great. That would be pretty great. All right, our next track comes from our listener and friend Bedroth. 
He's picking from the game Octopath Traveler. This is the track Cyrus the Scholar. It's your pick. It's my pick. Anyway, we're back. We're listening to music selected from Bedroth. This is from the game Octopath Traveler. So this is a fun little waltz. The track is called Cyrus the Scholar. And Bedroth says, This month I finished four games I've been working on for a while and played a short short one for a bonus fifth. I know all about that. Played Runner 2, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien. We are a part of a Rhythm Alien. <laughs> um, played Octopath Traveler. Wow. Dear Esther, the landmark edition. Banjo-Kazooie and The Looker, which is a parody of The Witness. I got to find that. That sounds amazing to me. (laughs) The Looker. Um, He continues to say, I knew going in that Runner 2, Octopath, and Banjo-Kazooie have some great tunes. Dear Esther is more atmospheric, but the sound design is really nice. The Looker is just kind of silly, not much to speak of. It's tough to pick, but I think for the episode, I'll share this tune from Octopath, since the sequel is all the rage right now. I'll get it eventually, but I want to make more of a dent in my backlog before I get it. Plus, there's Tears of the Kingdom coming soon, which is guaranteed to swallow my life. I put 60 hours into Octopath so far, and though I got my credits my credits roll for finishing the quest of my starter, Cyrus, there's still a lot, lot more for me to go back to and do eventually. I'm really glad that Cyrus clicked with me. I love this scholar's curiosity and his magical acumen in battle, but what really won me over about him is his noble spirit and his ability to maintain his integrity despite his intellectual ambition. Wow, there's a lot going on in this game. When great power was offered to him, he turned it down in the interest of academic honesty and for the sake of future generations. My pick for this month is his theme song, Cyrus the Scholar. I like hearing that, actually, yeah. too, because I haven't, I mean, just like uh, you know, I'm with him, wise guy mentioned in the chat, he only played a few hours of the first one and didn't finish it. I'm the same way. Like, I keep going back to it, but... I think the game is fine, but it's also very dry, which makes it hard for me to stick with it long term. But the battle system, I think, is splendid. I love the way they do, like, you can like, kind of, like, stock attacks up and just, like, do super moves when you stock up enough power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all like kind of like a old-school turn, turn-based turn type thing, right? Yes, yeah. and it has a lot of... It makes like very that. good use of, like, hitting enemy weaknesses and the like. But the thing that kills me, again, is the dryness of it, the fact that the characters don't interact well with each other... It's just basically they're kind of coming along with each other to fulfill their own personal missions, which could go either way. And also the fact that side quests in that game are a pain in the butt. Mm. They give you really no guidance. They'll be like, a guy will go, man, I really like the idea of getting some butterscotch wafers. And they'll be like, bing, bing, guy wants butterscotch wafers. You're like, 
Where well, do you get them? Do I have to make them myself? Do I buy them at a store? Does a monster drop them in his picnic? I don't know what I'm yeah, doing. Are here. they hidden somewhere on the map that I have to go find them? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Like, it does a good job of showing you just how useful waypoints or some indication of a direction are good to keep the momentum of a game flow going. Uh, because that game could really use that. But wow. those things aside, I think the game is solid. And I heard that the sequel fixed a lot of those issues for sure. And um, I want to go back to it. And also, I did like the fact that he mentioned Cyrus because I picked Ophelia as my starting character. But I ended up also being more a fan of Cyrus because he ended up being the second person I got to join mm-hmm. my group. And I was like, ah, I like what he's doing. I like what he's all about. And I like the fact that he pretty much, his entire gimmick is he's inquisitive and he likes to like investigate people. But then he gets overly obsessive and sometimes people come to, what are you doing? Don't so, look into my business. So in Octopath, can you, in Octopath, can you like, pick who you want to start the game with? Like whoever? Yeah, so there's eight people total, each with their own personal class, so okay. to speak, right? And you know me, I'm like cleric and female character to start. So combination was like Ophelia. So I went with her, and her narrative was very bland. So I was like, oh, this isn't cool. But so, I kept going, and then so, I came across Cyrus, and I was like, yeah, I like yeah. him a little bit more. I, I like think this because, like, because, because uh, just because Bedroth said that you know, he, he's glad that he ended up starting the game with him and clicked with him because, like, I, I would imagine you started with a character that you did not click with at all. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But the thing about it, though, in the way they designed this game, I'm not sure if who you start with ultimately matters. I'll find out later because once you find individual people, you just do their narratives. Mm-hmm. So you, by the end, if you play the game in its entirety, you will experience all of those characters' chaptered plots okay, yeah. in full. And then there's a secret ending where you have to, where it supposedly ties all the stories together into like some weird fate-based narrative. Uh, it was put together by M Night. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> what a twist! All right, so we're gonna turn this track down, and we're getting into the part, a new part of the show, or a uh, old part of the show, however you want to say it. This is the bonus beats. The not bonus beats. I'm sorry, board game beats. Board game bonus beats. Board game bonus beats. Um, <laughs> this is where Purnell has um, a collection of board games that we want to talk about. This is a game that you've talked about for uh, a while, actually. Yes, this game is called Hickory Dickory. It is published by Plaid Hat Games, and it was designed by a guy named Sawyer West, which, full disclosure here, I was especially excited for this game's release because I actually helped him playtest this game over the course of years. Like, I've played previous iterations of it, and then when I learned from him that it actually got a publisher and it was coming out, I was ecstatic about it. So you might be asking for those looking at the stream, like, why isn't your version opened up? Well, the reason is simple. I've played everyone else's copies <laughs> because multiple friends of mine also end up buying it through recommendations and stuff. And it's a genuine gem it, of a game. When you described uh, what, it would, what it turned into, I wasn't so sure about it. But looking at the, the style of the game and what it's about, it's, it's got, got me more interested. So the idea behind the game is that it is a clock... And just consider it to be like a clock realm, because that's the best way I can think of contextualizing it. The clock is their world. Is their world. And the world is governed by Lord Cuckoo of the Cuckoo Clock. Ta-ta-ta. Um, so the mice are scavenging to get items to satisfy Lord Cuckoo, to make him happy, to appease him, so to speak. And the gameplay consists of you controlling multiple mice and what's considered a worker rotation game. So normal worker placement games, you take characters and place them in locations to trigger power. Right. Like I have three workers, which means I have only three options or three 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 times I can I can I can make choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're limited in those choices. In this game, however, it consider it worker rotation because your placement is determined by your place on the clock hand. So like there's an hour hand, which is pretty much how you determine the round of the game you're in. 
And then the minute hand, which every time it turns, it stops at a specific point on the map. And depending on which mouse you're using, they each have different capacities of what they can carry and how far they can move along the clock from the minute hand out. Mm-hmm. You'll choose whether you want the mouse to jump off the hand to fulfill that action, which it offers you to do all kinds of cool things like shop at the Itsy Bitsy Market, like the <laughs> Itsy Bitsy Spider, uh-huh. and you trade resources to get new items. Um, you can fulfill different obligations like to trigger abilities, all kinds of stuff. And depending on how many mice end up staying on the minute hand for further rotations, you can send your mouse onto the hand, in which case each mouse has a different like spatial you know element. Like one can take up two spaces, one can take up one space. If too many mice are on, you can bump someone else's mouse off before they're intended to jump off. So oh. you can screw players over only that so many, way. Only so many mice can hang out on the minute hand. That's correct. Oh, that's so you can't hang out too long because I can tell you firsthand, I would intentionally screw people over by knocking them off the hand. Like, oh, I didn't intend to, but screw it. Get all my mice on the hand right now. Right. The game is called Hickory Dickory. It's from Plaid Hat Games. Mm-hmm. And the designer is Sawyer West. Sawyer West. He's a good guy, and I can tell you right now, the way he contextualizes rules when he creates games, I it's a it's masterful work. Like I will sit there and hear him explain a game to me that he's created. Like the original iteration of this game was actually I told you about that. The original version of this game was meant to be businessmen who learned how to control and manipulate time through something called the sands of time. So they had to exist in three different time frames, different time periods simultaneously, making business transactions to manipulate the market. Yeah, which I think is cool. <laughs> it was amazing. Like you're like, okay, I'm going to tell my past self about this. Uh, my past is going to tell my future self about this thing. He's going to make an investment, and then my future future self is going to profit off of it two time frames later. And it's like, it sounds so bonkers. But when you watch it, ex- when you were executing, it's like this is so much fun. Right. Passing information forward, so and then sending things back. It's so this like, is essentially the same game. Not well. There's a lot of changes. Al- almost it, it, the same game, but just a different uh, theme. Yeah, sadly, it lost a couple of those elements, mm. but it still works in just a cool way. Because, like for example, the mice can pass items to each other on the clock. Right. Um. So even though they have different storage capacities, you can give the lighter mouse some stuff that's specifically intended to pass to the burly mouse, so mm. you can carry them all to the shop and trade them in together to fulfill contracts and stuff like that. It's this is a wonderful game. And one thing I will say is I've heard a couple people say that uh, the game doesn't offer a lot of you know competitiveness, like it's almost solitary, mm. and I stand to differ, wholeheartedly differ on that, because each player is trying to fulfill a board of um, like a request they want, and if you're paying attention to what people are trying to do with their personal boards and also the collective goals, you can and should actively send your mice in a way that says okay I'm going to use that spot to collect an item and use it for myself and intentionally knock that person out of the way so they can't do it like I was being very aggressive playing this game aggressive play like a a lot of a lot of these like Euro style games where everyone's got their own board or their own mat like aggressive style play which you can use to play against other people or make it use like like a take a turn that you would normally do for yourself in order to get in the way of somebody else a lot of times like that's like it's not it's never optimal. It's almost never optimal. But in this game, they You're did it in a way game, where it like could. Yeah, it could. Like you may not it may not always be the turn that's the most perfect for you, but you can work it in a way where it's like I can get enough out of this that I will benefit from hurting that player yeah. while also making do with what I've got. Like the trick is to not be tunnel focused specifically on your obligations and your goals and be able to open yourself up to the fact that this goal over here does exist. It wasn't a part of my overall strategy, 
but I can work it in specifically to get enough points to justify taking points from that guy. I like that. And the last thing I need to mention is I forgot to mention that after a certain point, the clock hits one rotation, like Minahan goes from 1 to 12. Mm -hmm. You do a thing where you roll two dice, and depending on where they roll, a cat paw comes out and like blocks out two actions. Oh, clever. So it can kind of screw things I was things wondering over. what that little token was there with the cat paw on it. Oh, yeah. It'll yeah. pretty much like block out that action for that round. And I've heard some people complain about, okay, well, if it blocks out the two shop tiles, then I can't trade in my stuff. I'm like, well, that can happen. But guess what? Roll with it. That's how games like this work. Like, yeah. You're not always you going to have the optimum. You knew that something was going to get blocked, so it, if it happens, be planning for it. Yeah. Exactly. And if it happens to be that thing that you were going for, pivot. Do something else. That's tough, too, because I've played some games where like the risk-reward is so high, you should always risk. Mm-hmm. You know, because have to, that means if there's no... Like, if you're going to win, then you know you're going to win. You know, if the risk pays off. Yes. Um, so a lot of those games end up in that way, where it's like, okay, despite the fact I know that Paul can come out, I'll risk everything anyway. Oh, and I do. Yeah. I will. But if the mal- if the cat happens to block the thing I was going for with that risk, again, you can pivot. You might not there's get still time the- to do it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe or if there's no time, you do something else. Like, there are situations where you can be screwed. No, no denying that. But generally, if you're mindful of your options, you can pivot to do things mm-hmm. that may not have been as great, but that's the name of the game. Not always going to get what you want, yeah. so you get what you can. <laughs> and since everyone's dealing with the same problems as you are, you're all faced with the same plight. It's not like it only screwed you. Mm-hmm. It screws everybody. So work with it. I like that. You can't always get what you want. It's the name of the song. You can't always get you, what you, you want. If you try a little bit, you'll get what you can. That's right. That's <laughs> a song, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I... Like, do you have any questions about this bad boy? No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm saying we should break it open sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and it'll be your your copy. Oh, my copy, 100%. Because yeah. we're not, I'm not letting you buy it, because that'll be sad. I haven't, bought, I haven't bought a new game in a while, so. Yeah, you should, because <laughs> I have too many games. Just play mine forever. All right. Well, Hickory Dickory, platthatgames.com. Go check it out. Very much worth your time and money. And don't be like that girl at PAX Unplugged who called me a shill because guess what? I don't care. I love this game. And I'll tell everybody until the cows come home how great it is. 100%. All right, what's your, uh, what's your next track then? You got a pick for us? Well, this comes from the game Hickory Dickory. No. <laughs> Let me stop here, Ashley. Let me go down and look for my little Baba de Bob here. This actually comes from The Wise Guy. And this track is called A Day in the Village by Eddie Maranacro from the game Chained Echoes, a game that is in my backlog too.
Welcome back. You are listening to A Day in the Village from the game Chained Echoes, composed by Eddie Marian Okro. Marian Okro. I'll get it one day. Until then, don't judge me. <laughs> um, submitted by Musashi219, the wise guy himself, who played through this game for his Twitch stream. And I am genuinely glad that he liked it because it further cements that I made the right call buying a game that I bought solely on recommendations from friends, including him. Um, And this is what he had to say in his testimonial. It's true. I did it. I managed to complete a game in four in February challenge. Okay, I didn't flow as well as I hoped it would. Anyway, the first part was great. Anyway, (laughs) making good on my New Year's resolution to play more RPGs. I didn't finish indeed finished Chained Echoes in addition to a handful of visual novels, those being Mothman 1966, Milk Outside a Bag Outside a Bag of Milk Outside a Bag of Milk, and Producer 2021. I'm submitting yet another track from Chained Echoes because the OST is just that good, and I love it so much, and the game itself is phenomenal too. I've offered a couple of tracks, so I'll let you choose which one you'd prefer. Either choice, an excellent example of the calmer, more wholesome themes the game has to offer so you can relax post-dungeon exploration. Also, a special shout-out to GameFan44, who watched me stream the majority of Chained Echoes. Much appreciate the love and support of the RMP community. And we much appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. I've actually been really glad that he, he started becoming a part of this whole circle and such because he's been a friend of mine for a really long time. And we had the shared mutual love of RPGs and the like. And it helps, one, it gives us a way to keep in touch more so because as we got older and all of our group gatherings kind of started to dwindle because everybody's in their own personal life bubbles, mm-hmm. it's kind of good to have that connection still intact to say, hey, you know, we're, we're talking about video game music, which we've always liked, and we're talking about RPGs, which we've always mm-hmm. liked, so let's just keep chatting about these things we enjoy despite the fact that our lives are going in crazy directions. Yeah. Um, and also, he's just a good dude in general. He's always been one of the more level-headed friends I had. So, he's a good guy, and I'm glad he's doing well. I, he's just a good man. I like good this guy. song. I like this song a lot, too. It's Chained Echoes. It, what kind of game is Chained Echoes? So, it is very much one of those uh, like more political. I mean, I could be wrong because I haven't personally played it. He can clarify, confirm it if I'm wrong, but it's one of those more like political-driven JRPGs where it's like, like warring countries and the like. Mm. And characters oh, that are kind of caught up in the thick of it all. This is the one that's like Chrono Trigger. It looks like Chrono Trigger, right? It has the look, and it may mm. even have combo text that I don't know, but the thing I know from what I remember Chris telling me regarding like what makes the combat special is that there is like a gauge at the top of the screen, and as you do certain attacks, it kind of fills up higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And as it gets to a certain point, your party members become much more vulnerable to like damage and like almost overexertion, if I'm getting the terminology right. Mm-hmm. So you have to use other attacks that kind of bring the bar back down. So you can't just like take one type of attack you like and just spam it at right. nauseum. Oh, actually, so it forces you to balance things. Otherwise, like you're too far on one side. Yes, oh, that's really clever, actually. And I yeah. like the idea like of that, that very like much. Yeah. Um, graphically, I think the game looks really good. I like the music that I've heard from the game so far. Yeah, I like that style. It's like a, it's like the fake 16-bit style where it's like it's supposed to look like how what it looks supposed to look like a 16-bit game as you remember it. Yes, like not exactly like 16-bit style. Yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm nice kind of cool style. with that. Yeah, I like that too. Because I while I'm not completely averse to games being like 16-bit, I am kind of burned out when some games you'll come across games like 16-bit, and that's really all we did. 
Like, I still mm-hmm. want to get what your take on that is. Not, I'm just recreating this game you liked, but with new names to avoid copyright infringement. Yeah, you Do want, you like it? Yeah, you want their own style, their own spin on something. Yeah, yeah. I want their thing. Yeah, here you go. Musashi 219 says, yeah, it has an overdrive gauge and in-battle party swapping mechanic. Hmm. So I like the idea of like swapping party members on the go. Like, I never... I. I guess I don't want to say I hated it when they made you waste a turn to swap a party member in. I like when it's like, hey, we're all here. Because let's be realistic here. The real thing that's happening is you could have eight people journeying together and you only control four because the game couldn't handle information from more than four characters. That was probably the actual issue back then. Or they didn't want to overwhelm players. Right, yeah. So to have you waste a turn just to bring <laughs> another party member in just seemed kind of dumb because... They're right there. They're just kicking back, letting you do the work. So why can't they just step in yeah, and do was, some damage? That was Final Fantasy X. Like you've got eight characters. Like just just swap them out whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. just bring them in. Yeah, There's I, no I, reason I, you shouldn't. I like doing that. I, I like the way because it just gave you like a lot more flexibility, and it, it's not that like it didn't make, didn't make the game any easier. It just was like how like how did you want to do it? You have three are already out. You got to pick one. And then the best part about it too yeah. is that I feel like when you find yourself in a situation where you're required to only swap a party member at say a save point or mm. some location, it makes it harder to utilize every party member because you develop favorites, and then you don't want to, have to go back and bring that other guy who's underdeveloped into your party to right. work with him. Yeah, it's going to break just, your cool combo you that you've learned. Once. Yeah, just bring them all. Okay, question then. I don't know Pokemon that well anymore. If you're playing Pokemon, does it take a turn to swap out Pokemon? Yes. Mm. Though that, it works differently because they're all with you in air quotes, but they're technically in balls, so they're not like... Standing off to the side, you have to do this whole thing where it's like, okay, one comes back, one comes so in. So you're saying, yes, Rob, but there's a reason for it. There's a genuine, <laughs> there's a valid, for their in-game universe, mind you, there's oh, a yeah, reason for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that makes, I, I, I get it, I get it. All right, our, our last uh, track here is coming from our new listener, or new, our new Patreon member, rather, old-time listener, the Ant Master. I love the that Master name. of Ants. All the Ants. And uh, he is uh, making picking a track from, I think, the Game of the Year, Vampire Survivors. <laughs> the track is red and blue. Music composed by Danielle Zandara.
<laughs> Corey the Pitcher advance. <laughs> EB Pride knows what it is. And we're back. You're listening to Red and Blue from the game Vampire Survivors, composed by Daniel Zandara. This is picked by our listener, Antmaster. I, I love the music from this game, which I did, I did reveal that I haven't listened to a lot of the music because I play this game pretty silent. Almost, That's probably where his reaction came from. I know. It's awful. Uh, Antmaster writes to us, Hi, guys. Hope you're doing great. Here's my testimonial. At the beginning of the month, I plan on playing The Witcher 3, Subnautica Below Zero, Hollow Knight, and Vampire Survivors. Then I remembered I have a one-year-old kid, so basically I just played the dad game, Vampire Survivors. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's now the dad game, because you can play it like one-handed while doing other stuff. Uh, my gaming experience has been either jamming for 30 minutes to uh, Vampire Survivors, or chilling around the Witcher world on horseback doing no missions at all. Um, I share this to Miss Testimonial as a way of giving a big welcome to Rob to the Dad Club, and thank you so much for introducing me to this amazing game. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so my favorite track is Red and Blue. The final uh, of this full crescendo always gets me no matter how many times it loops. All my best wishes. Yeah, I mean, like, you're playing through each of these stages usually 30 minutes at a time, so you're, this, this gets looped, you know, at least... A lot, a lot. I mean, this track's like what, like almost two minutes, so it gets slipped quite a bit. But that's—I will say—but that's a testament to like good VGM and video games too. In a lot of ways, is the fact that it can be played repetitively or repeatedly over the course of twenty, thirty minutes, yeah, even an yeah, hour yeah. sometimes, and you don't tire of it. Like it's just solid music. Yeah, and this for this game, it's really important to have such like solid music. I will say the ending theme during the credits was not. It was just the. Um, it's like a remix of. It's kind of a joke. I'll let people discover it. <laughs> it's it's pretty silly, though. And then it gets even sillier, and it speeds up for some reason. Um, all right, now we're at the part of the show where we turn the music down, and we get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus, bonus round. I'm going to get down and play some video game jams. <laughs> the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes uh, based on our theme. And uh, this, this this episode's no different. We received a few bonus round picks from our listeners. Pernell, what what'd you got? So my bonus round pick came from Martyrs in that he chose a track from a game that I'm surprised anyone that isn't me referenced. So I'm glad to see someone did because I love this game and I want to get back to it. Um, it's called Virgo versus the Zodiac. Um, this track is called Red Hot Chili Aries, remixed by Laughing Stock and originally composed by Electro Bear. Um, we may we'll see how this plays out let's get this bad boy started all right
Welcome back. You just listened to Red Hot Chili Aries from the game Virgo vs. the Zodiac, or rather a cover of the track from the game Virgo vs. the Zodiac. Remixed by Laughing Stock, but originally composed by Electro Bear and submitted by Martyrs. And Martyrs has these things to say. Afternoon, gentlemen. It's Martyrs here with a list of games that would have been on my 4 for February. Sadly, I was planning for my one-year episode and, well, you know, real life had other plans for me. Nonetheless, these are the games I would have played and attempted to finish. And his lists were Cloudpunk, Lost in Random, Virgo vs. the Zodiac, and Sonic Frontiers. And he says enjoy, and as he is, he said I'll be in the chat during the show. So thank you very much for joining us, Martyrs. You're a good dude, and I do enjoy playing games with you. We look forward to maybe seeing you at some point in the future to get a tabletop round two going because it was really fun getting you into the involved in like the games that I like to play. And you seem to really be enjoying yourself too, which I like because sometimes you'll play games with people and you're like, you can tell what they're like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing this because I think I want, I don't want them to like this game is fun. Like, I don't want them to think I don't like the game, but in the end, no, you clearly were having a good time and I appreciate that. It was fun. Um, so hopefully we get to do that again sometime. Mm. And thank you for submitting this great track to the show. Unfortunately, we are running a little bit low on time. So for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the artist's band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere you can download the music and support the artists. All right, thank you everybody for listening to the show today, 36-1. This is our four in February. Uh, thanks to everyone who submitted um, uh, music selections mm-hmm. and to everyone who took part in the dialogue in our Discord. It was a good time, actually, and it was good to catch up with everybody because it's been a pretty surprisingly hectic period of time over the last few months, weeks, yeah. what have you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's been very, very hectic. In fact, it's so hectic, i got to get moving. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, exactly. Um, so if you'd like to get in contact with us, um, to, to get in contact with the show, if you have a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, and even during um, these live stream episodes that we do once a month, if you see it advertised and you want, to, you want to be a part of it, you don't have to be a member of our Patreon. You can just send us an email to our email address. At rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And then you can also go to um, our, our uh, the, for a track listing. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do too many things at one time here. There we go. They, they move things around on Patreon. For a full track listing of this episode and access to all of our episodes, go to our website. Rhythmandpixels.com um, And if you are interested in listening to more, VGM, great VGM. We have a YouTube radio station that plays nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit deep cuts and classic tracks at uh, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. And if you want to help support the show, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels where you get access to uh, monthly live streams such as this episode um, and other cool stuff like stickers and mugs and t-shirts and we also like to give a shout out to the members of our patreon who are at the highest tiers at the end of every episode so thank you very much to brooke Corey, and khalid huge huge supporters of the show thank you very very much thank, thank you guys huge thank yous also to Kristen, gamefan44 uh, martiris host of the revgm podcast mike myers fashion 8060 thank you to the uh, super game station Thank you to Antmaster, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito, host of the Heroes 3 podcast, 
Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Good to see you there. Christopher Shenstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davey Cakes, David Good, David Taylor, Enchilada Regol, Harold Howard, uh, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of XVGM Radio, uh, Keith Shusterman, Michael Bridgewater, uh, Reinhard Zelkova, Ramounting Sagat, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, and Zach Thornbach. Thank you to all of you and to many, many more uh, for supporting our show. It means so much to us. It helps uh, with our equipment. It helps with our live shows. It helps with everything we do around here. So it's a huge, huge support to us. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. And, hey, keep coming back. Come join us on the live stream <laughs> at some point. And also, you know, the, in the 4 in February might be over, but, hey, it's March. It's time for DLC. The 4 in February DLC. So so go, go download the extras and get it in. Uh, but until that time, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a great week. And remember, time is precious and somehow fleeting in these very pressing times. But make time for the things you want to do. I mean, you can always find a little bit of time here. And it may not be all the time, but generally it's enough time to feel like you got a little taste of something and not just gave it up for you know, life matters and all that. Keep trying, keep doing, and uh, best of all, most of all, keep being your best self. It's hard out here, but we can do it. Have a good night, guys. Good night.